Preface of Pamela, Volume 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Michelle Eaton. Pamela, Volume 2. By Samuel Richardson. Preface. The author's original preface to Volume 2. The first part of Pamela met with a success greatly exceeding the most sanguine expectations and the editor's hopes that the letters which compose this part will be found equally written to nature, avoiding all romantic nights, improbable surprises and irrational machinery, and the passions are touched where requisite and rules equally new and practicable inculcated throughout the whole for the general conduct of life and therefore he flatters himself that they may expect the good fortune which few continuations have met with to be judged not unworthy the first part nor disproportioned to the more exalted condition in which pamela was destined to shine as an affectionate wife a faithful friend a polite and kind neighbour an indulgent mother and a beneficent mistress after having in the former part supported the character of a dutiful child a spotless virgin and a modest and amiable bride the reader will easily see that in so great a choice of materials as must arise from a multitude of important subjects in a married life to such geniuses and friendships as those of mr and mrs b the editor's greatest difficulty was how to bring them within the compass which he was determined not to exceed and it having been left to his own choice in what manner to digest and publish the letters and where to close the work he had intended at first in regard to his other avocations to have carried the piece no farther than the first part it may be expected therefore that he should enter into an explanation of the reasons whereby he was provoked into a necessity of altering his intention but he is willing to decline saying anything upon so well known a subject the editor has been much pressed with importunities and conjectures in relation to the person and family of the gentlemen who are the principal persons in the work all he thinks himself at liberty to say or is necessary to be said is only to repeat what has already been hinted that the story has its foundation in truth and that there was a necessity for obvious reasons to vary and disguise some facts and circumstances as also the names of persons, places, etc. End of preface.